0: Welcome to the latest uh, Care Home Management Magazine podcast. My name's Steve Hemsley. I'm the publishing editor of Care Home Management Magazine. Uh, joined today by, as always, by our editor Elsa Cahoon and my fellow presenter Alan Rustad. Two great interviews for you to listen to today. Uh, Elsa has spoken to uh, Debbie Westhead. She is the Interim Chief Inspector of Adult Social Care at the CQC. A very interesting um, interview that with uh, with with. Debbie. She talks about how she started her career as a 17-year-old care assistant and how she is now in her current job championing uh, outstanding care where she finds it. She also talks about the need for more collaboration, more innovation and how how, as a sector we can learn from our mistakes. Uh, Also later on there's an interview Alan spoke to uh, Luke Wilshire from Encore Homes. They're a southern-based care home uh, group, small small chain. uh, Three homes in Hampshire and uh, around Dorset and Luke talks about a fantastic uh, initiative called mind the gap which is uh, all about dementia training that's not just for the staff but also involves uh, family so they can learn together so uh, that's all to come so keep listening to the care home management magazine podcast uh, sponsored by myaco.com learning and employee engagement made easy Alan, thank you for joining us again on the Care Home Management Magazine podcast. Uh, I know you're away at the moment, but uh, so how have you been?
1: fine uh, everything's uh, fine and dandy at my end i'm currently a- out of the country uh in hotter climes or supposedly so it's been so uh, it's been very pleasant and um, just a little way to recharge the batteries for this
0: now alan um, care home management magazine is of course the official media partner of the care home awards and they take place um on thursday june 27th uh, at the platinum suite at excel in london that's during the uh, um, that's uh, during a Health A Plus Care Show, uh, which uh, we will be at as as well. Now, these awards are a great. A great uh, way to celebrate uh, excellent care in the in the care home sector. Uh, from your experience, Alan, uh, how important is is this whole event? I mean, talking to uh, Matthew Davies, the organiser, who I know you interviewed on a previous podcast, uh, he's already saying this week they've had a, a big increase in, in entries and a number of tables and dinners booked to, is up. Uh, how important is uh, this event?
1: It's a 15% increase in eligible entries this year, which is encouraging. A lot of care home groups involved there. A lot of suppliers to care homes as well. That's important because I know they want to get themselves better known. Uh, and so there's a, a few familiar names there as well. But one or two that I don't know. And so it's encouraging that if others are getting involved now who can see an opportunity there. Then all well and good. And uh, it's all going to happen uh, from 12 noon at uh, at Excel on Thursday the 27th of June. I think it's going to be a very good uh, a very good occasion. Uh, uh, 300 places available. Still some tickets available. There are going going pretty well I
0: gather. So. Indeed tickets going very well indeed and uh, it's not too late if you want to book your tickets please go on to the Care Home Awards website that's www.carehomeawards.com where you'll see details of booking tickets for what will be a fantastic uh, dinner and we can all celebrate some outstanding care home practice uh, together.
2: Welcome to the wonderful world of MyEco. At MyEco we're committed to developing the tools to make managing your business simpler. Whether your goal is to revolutionise your training programme, reduce your staff turnover, improve employee communications or simply to save time on your tasks each day, MyEco is here to help 24-7, whenever and wherever you are. Sales at MyEco.com 01202 806 000
0: well before the first of those two interviews it's time to have a quick look at what's happening in with care sector in the news.
2: Care in the news, a review of this week's headlines.
0: Uh, as I said, uh, editor Elsa Cahoon is on the line. So too is my fellow presenter, uh, Alan Rustad. Uh, now, Alan, you've chosen a really good story to to look at, a story you've taken from the uh, Sunday Times about social care and the, the headline there is a near collapse as one million people are denied Vital help. Um, talk about how Theresa May has been warned that social care is on the uh, brink of collapse. Uh, why did you choose this story?
1: Well, I thought it was quite telling. This was uh, as a result of a letter from various presidents of the medical royal colleges, who were warning that one million people aren't getting the level of care that they should be getting. We know the reasons why. Obviously, uh, shortage of funding, and that kind of tied in with a story that then appeared the following day in the Daily Telegraph, featuring Sir Andrew Dilnot. Now, Sir Andrew Dilnot was the one who recommended to the Cameron government mm <laughs> But there should be a cap on um, the costs of care, whether it be at home or in care homes. And that report was well received and then kicked down the road. Uh, and again, he's suggesting there should be a cap, possibly around about £100,000 maximum. Uh, and his the th- feeling was that Theresa May was fairly well disposed towards that, but that the health secretary, Matt Hancock, was saying, no, 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 this won't work. It's going to cost an extra £3.5 billion in taxation. We remember the problems at the last last election over what was loosely called the dementia tax which all went badly wrong for the conservatives so this green paper we're all waiting for it seems that there's still arguments going on within government heaven knows when it's going to come but it seems to me it's as far away as ever
0: care home management magazine editor uh, uh, elsa cahoon on the line as well uh, elsa thank you for joining us what do you think about uh, what alan's been saying and about this story and is social care at uh, near collapse and uh, is there a role or a greater role do you think that care homes could play in this whole debate?
2: The problem is is that that care is more expensive, care has to become more expensive, somebody has got to pay for that. Um people are coming into care homes later in life with more complex conditions, and you know it's a sad fact of life that the you know the cost of care, is going up now i think you know most people understand that that you know that, that, that the relative that who is going into care later in life um, with complex needs requires complex care which ultimately has to be paid for um the problem is of course is that who pays for that um in in this society this society that we have um which is you know we're used to free health care or free mostly free at point of delivery health care and suddenly we find ourselves in the social care spectrum of our lives and uh, and suddenly that's not free and it, it's a little bit of a shock to the system but ultimately you know whatever the rights and wrongs of the situation somebody has to pay now from care homes point of view um you know the the problem that they have is very similar to a lot of the problems that um, that contractors to the NHS have and by contractors I mean things like pharmacies particularly where people consider that they're actually private Organisations, um, and therefore they're surely just pocketing the money for themselves and getting rich on the proceeds. And you know what care, what care homes can do is obviously they can't economise on the costs of care because the costs of care are the costs of care. But what what care homes can do is to obviously make it clear to people and show by actions as well as their words that they're offering great value
0: very hard to argue with those points elsa thank you now you've chosen a story based around digital and the digital age and um this data security protection toolkit um there's a care inspectorate story talking all about this in the new edition of uh, care home management magazine which is out any any day now um now we all know that digital is a, is a crucial thing we are seeing a lot of change within care home sector uh, what made you sort of specifically choose this story
2: yeah, well, I thought uh, I mean I chose it for, for uh, a couple of reasons really. So first of all, Matt Hancock, he's a former a former uh, digital minister. Um, he's very into digital. Uh, he's already um, finally put the the nails into the coffin of fax machines, which I think are the industry has been solely kept alive by the NHS. But of course, you know, as as we know, we've done issues, uh, we've done special focuses on cybersecurity and and making sure that the security of, of you know, what is, is the most crucial special data that you can have, health data and care data, um, making sure the security of that is absolutely, absolutely tantamount. And uh, this, this data security and pr- protection toolkit is, is basically setting out the gold standard for data security thing. Um, but why this is, I think, particularly important for care homes is the fact that um, integration with healthcare is. Um, if I was going to put money on on one thing that's going to be in the green paper, I would say um, a greater focus and a greater need for care homes to be considered and to consider themselves as part of uh, uh, what I would and here's a term for you that again is NHS speak um, healthcare continuum and um, they you know they must see themselves as part of this healthcare continuum and it it means being part of the team and you know the care inspectorate um, in the story that we're also covering separately in our um, March-April edition Part of their inspection will be care homes showing how they fit in with the local health economy.
1: I, I think care homes are getting better at it. I think the, uh, the days of these great long books full of care plans and people reading lots of scruffy old pages out of a file, I think those days are coming to an end. Obviously, it involves investment on the part of care homes, and there isn't spare, much spare money going around to help them do that. But I, in many ways, I think care homes are getting ahead of the curve and, and ahead of the NHS.
0: Thank you, well, sir and just finally before you go i know we are as a magazine the care home management magazine is uh, exhibiting at the dementia care and nursing home expo uh, in March um, March 26, 27 uh, why is the show like this so important?
3: Well yeah no it's
2: a great show um, I, I I personally it's one of my highlights of the year going to these, uh, these trade exhibitions because you know it's a great opportunity to meet our readers uh, you know to come and uh, to come and uh, you know for us to come and hear what it is you want you know you want to see in the magazine for us to touch base chew the fat all that kind of thing um, it's great to it's great to see the suppliers because obviously they support our magazine. We're on Stand 851. Um, What what, uh, I would encourage people to do is to come and uh, come and see our stand because um, our front cover for our March-April issue looks at bariatric care And uh, we have a a slightly, shall we say, ample gentleman on our front cover, um, dressed, fortunately, um, for those people that may be looking at it over their breakfast. Um, And um, it is, uh, we've had our front cover blown up into an A0 poster, which is huge. And the stomach is huge on an A0 poster. So please do come to our stand to come and see it, because I think it might just make you chuckle. And
0: if you want to see the magazine cover is already online the issue the new issue is out online on chmonline.co.uk obviously if you are a care home and you want to receive the printed magazine you don't already then please get in touch with us Um, Elsa, thank you very much for that and uh, we'll speak to you again soon
2: for daily care home news visit chmonline.co.uk
0: Right, it's uh, time for our first interview now. And it's uh, with uh, Debbie Westhead, the Interim Chief Inspector of Adult Social Care at the CQC. And uh, last week, she spoke to our editor, Elsa Cahoon.
2: Um, I'm talking to Debbie Westhead today, who is the Interim Chief Inspector of Adult Social Care Services at the CQC. And uh, Debbie, you took over from the new year, is that correct?
3: That's right, yes. I took over the reins from Andrea at the beginning of um, December um, and uh, yes, enjoying the role and um, the challenges um, that i faced with every day. So yeah, very excited. Um,
2: so we're talking now, it's mid-February, so you're a month and a half into the role. And uh, I, I've been looking at your blog, your first blog that you did on medium.com and uh, I, it's well worth a, it's well worth a read. Um, you were saying that, you know, obviously you were preparing to navigate the role of Chief Inspector. Inspector, How does it differ from your role as uh, you, you were uh, inspector in the north region before, is that correct?
3: Yeah, I was the um, deputy chief inspector for adult social care in the north region. So obviously um, I have them um, um, steeped um, in adult social care, um, starting my career as a 17 year old care assistant. So how does the job differ? The job differs um, very much more external facing, um, making those connections with various um, organisations and staff stakeholders and basically just um carrying on from uh, andrea's um great time at cqc uh championing the the mums test and um celebrating good and outstanding care where we find it now um
2: care home care home bashing is is quite a um, I mean it's a common thing to see in in the the national newspaper and uh, the CQC obviously is the regulator of care homes you know perhaps takes some responsibility for that impression that that you know that those perhaps outside the industry have of the industry um, what, what would you say that you know the CQC is doing to you know to remedy that and to support care homes as as they perhaps try to improve their image?
3: So um, the mum's test or the anyone you love testing Is really important because that sets the scene for the quality of care um, in the sector. Um, So the use of our ratings is obviously um, it's extremely important um, in helping people to um, navigate what is a very complicated care system. Um, I think it's very unfair that um, a number of care homes do, as you've described it, get this bashing. Um, Let's not forget that 79% of care is actually good and three percent of care is outstanding. Yes there is variation around the country and some areas of the country have actually tipped um, whereby provision um, is probably not as good or it, um, not available um, just because of the, um, some of the funding elements and some of the environmental factors that people are faced with Never mind um, recruitment and retention because it's uh, obviously getting more extremely difficult to recruit um, the right staff at the right time in the right places um, and especially in relation to nursing staff. So there are a number of factors that are actually affecting the sector at this moment in time. But you know, there are some improvements in the quality of care people are receiving that's happening despite these tight financial constraints and the increase in demand. So as I've just said, you know, the majority of care is good and or outstanding. And we have to be able to celebrate that and as you quite rightly point out, you know, take the necessary action when things are not right and not going well, because people who use services, people who are thinking of um, using um, adult social care services need to have the right information at the right time and our quality ratings are just one avenue um, to help people choose the right care. It strikes me that care um, care home, care, the social care sector
2: is, is slightly unfairly targeted. I, I'm guessing it's probably because you know your old your old mum or your old dad is, is has obviously got a very special place in people's hearts but the ratings that we see in in care homes um, good that you know the, the number of practices the percentage of practices who are good and outstanding it's not wildly different from perhaps the 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 same proportion that we see in GP or we see in the other
3: sectors that you regulate is it? Um, GP uh, practices uh, the ratings are somewhat higher there are more good and outstanding services in in the GP um, area Um, in relation to hospitals acute and mental health yes you're quite right there is um, there is some similarity it's also really interesting when you look around the country and i don 't know whether people have um, had have um, or are aware of our, the IMAP that's on our website where you can actually now home in in a particular area and you can see what the system what the system uh, quality ratings are, so for example, the acute trust to the local care homes to so obviously the, the GP ratings. So yes, there are some similarities, um, which actually demonstrates to me that the system has to work better together. um, And you'll be aware that we've carried out um, 20 um, local system reviews, and we've revisited three of those um, um, system reviews um, to see whether um, certain aspects of care had developed in the system. Um, And, you know, it's quite obvious from those, those reviews that there is a commitment to collaborate in the system, but the collaboration isn't happening. All of the time in all of the places and that's really what needs to happen to ensure that people get that continuous quality service and quality of life that they absolutely deserve
2: now one of the things i particularly wanted to talk about today was um the safety rating um for social adult social care because it when i i we read the reports in care home management magazine and every issue um we t- we look at homes we particularly highlight the the cqc reports recent reports of two homes that have at least four stars um, and uh, you know i'm looking for five stars ideally, but at least four stars um, and generally speaking i I always manage to find those, which is fantastic um, but what what I do see um, just from uh, and i 've been in the the editor 's post now for about a year um, is that generally speaking if a home gets four stars. The one star it tends to fall down on in terms of the rating is is the safety star um, key line of inquiry and I just I just wondered why you felt that was and what is it that um, makes it perhaps a little harder to, to get that outstanding rating in
3: safety? Yes you're absolutely right that uh, we find that um, the safety key question the key line um, of question is one of the most difficult ones for people to achieve And I think one of the reasons for that is because there's a lot to achieve in that actual rating. So, you know, we've got to make sure um, that people are receiving safe care. Um, and that they are adequately safeguarded from uh, um, abuse. Um, that rating also looks at how the service manages, manages risk and how those risks are translated into people's care plans to ensure that the person-centred and that they are responsive to the needs and wishes of people that they support. Recruitment is also um, highlighted in that key line of enquiry are the suitable staff in place in the right numbers Um, are they motivated and well-trained and I've just um, spoken to you about the issues that some of the sector have in particular areas to making sure that they can recruit not only recruit but obviously retain the the most suitable staff. The key line of inquiry also covers um, the use of proper and safe use of medications you know that's really important and critical that people get the medications at the right time and that they are regularly reviewed and that if mistakes are made that they are rectified quickly um control of infections is also under the safety question as well so obviously we're looking to make sure that um, infection control procedures are robust that the staff know what they have to do and that um, people are adequately protected from uh, the risk of infections. And the whole safety question as well is about a learning culture. So if something goes wrong when you're safeguarding people, managing risk, recruiting, um, uh, medication and uh, the control of infections, how does the service learn from those mistakes? Because, you know, things do go wrong in services, let's face it, things go wrong everywhere, but it's how you learn and whether there's a learning culture. So I think from, as I've just explained, it's a big key question and it's a critical key question because safety is absolutely paramount. And usually as well, if the safe question is not quite right, then you'll find that there are some similarities in well-led because it's about the governance structures, the role of the registered manager, how they lead the service. How they create an open and transparent environment, so you'll usually find that the two go hand in hand. Which um, of of those six um, that
2: you highlighted in the in the safety rating, which which of the six tends to be the the sort of more problematic area? And and by problematic I mean you know outstanding that is is not achieved, rather than the fact that it's poor. It's good, obviously. We're talking about this is being good, um, but just which of those is hardest to get
3: outstanding? So managing risk safely is, is a key one. Um, recruitment, um, we find that if recruitment processes are not robust and people slip through the system because you know the right references haven't been taken up or the right DBS checks haven't been carried out, um, that, that's usually an issue. And um, the, the proper and safe use of, of medications. And to link to that as well, um, I'm not quite sure whether your um, listeners will be aware of the um, learning from its safety incidents that we've developed. They have the highest hit rate um, from any other publication on our, on our internet. And we do. Um, we're trying to encourage the sector to learn from the mistakes that may have been made, and unfortunately, where we may have had to take enforcement action. So, for example, if there's issues with equipment, that, you know, there's, there's an example on there of um, a safety incident around the use of bed rails. There's in, information on there around the risk of choking for people, which links to the staff training and recruitment, and. Um, in relation to managing risk, there's information on there about you know people falling and unfortunately having a serious incident. So I would steer people to have a look at our learning from safety incidents as well because that can help.
2: Okay, um, I noticed uh, you know I just had a look today on your um, your guidance for achieving guidance for providers achieving an outstanding rate of and it it talks a lot about being creative and innovative. Yeah. I just wondered yep. um I I will give you the choice because obviously I, I you know I, I don't want to put you on the spot. But of those six, can you give me an example of what creative or innovative um safeguarding managing risks you choose? Um what that actually
3: looks like in practice? Okay, so let's have a think about that one. So um there are a number of I'm oh, sorry, there are a number of examples now whereby the use of technology is supporting. Um, a higher um, quality and safe service but at the same time enabling people to to, to maintain their independence so um, there are some uh, fantastic examples of how mood light 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 lightning has been used to help people and have a better sleep at night which has obviously ensured that they um, have a better um, um, Quality of life during the day because they are getting a peaceful rest, uh, night sleep. Um, use of technology for administering medications so that the medication system ensures that people are given the right medications at the right time, and the system then flags when that's not happened so the right, um, the right um, interventions can then be made. Um, Another example of outstanding services around involving local communities. So if you involve the local community in the care home, so that the care home opens the door to the local communities, that also helps um, with outstanding care. So there are a number of um, care homes now who, as you've probably heard, are inviting the local nursery in or the local schools in, and they're really having that bond and helping people to connect better with younger generation and um, I've got an example whereby one service actually involved the local college um, for their technology and art design A-levels where they came into the service and helped create a different environment for people. Um, Services that are outstanding also um, where they get to be creative and innovative is they use research, they look at research and use other resources to help them continually improve so there's some fantastic, um, insight from skills for care and also NICE um, as to how you can improve your services um, and make sure that um, you can reach those staff um, for outstanding.
2: Well I, I have to say is that when you read uh, when you read the reports of a home that uh, that has got the, the five stars outstanding um, you come away with a very warm feeling about that home um, you can tell from the inspector's reports that you know that they really really enjoyed visiting that home and uh, I think that's that's a you know that that that's a wonderful thing. And here's to more homes in the five
3: star club. Absolutely, I couldn't agree more. And can I just add that's a testament as well to the hard work of the staff and the leadership from the registered manager. You know, things like this just don't happen overnight. It is a journey that people have been on, and it's absolutely fantastic when I look at the stats and can now see that um, 600 adult social care services are now rated as outstanding, and that's nearly 250 more than when we reported on that last year. So that shows it can be done with the right resources and the commitment in place, and absolutely fantastic, um, and something we need to celebrate more for our hard-working sector.
2: Lovely, absolutely fantastic. Thank you very much, Debbie, for your time.
0: Five and a Bike specialise in working with care providers to increase occupancy rates and showcase your homes using remarkable video tours and emotive case studies. Having worked with some of the top care providers in the UK, we understand your challenges and can take the complication out of creating video content. We're running a special offer of 10% off your first video tour, so call 01494 868 409 to speak to one of our experienced production team or email us on office at fiveonabike.com. Welcome back to the uh, Care Home Management magazine podcast, uh, sponsored by myaco.com, learning and employee engagement made easy. Well, that was a a fascinating uh, interview before the adverts uh, with Debbie Westhead. And, And very interesting what she's saying about innovation and uh, collaboration and that need for everyone to learn uh, by their mistakes but also just reiterating how much outstanding care there is in our sector so uh, thank you Elsa for that uh, interview right we're now going to hear uh, Alan's uh, interview with uh, Luke Wilshire from uh, Encore Homes and stay listening for some excellent ideas on uh, dementia training well
1: Luke Wilshire thank you for joining us on the podcast first of all tell us a little bit about Encore itself Uh, a fairly fairly small group but uh, small but lively sure.
4: Yes, that's, that's correct. Uh, so Encore are, a, like you said, a small group of care homes but are growing quite quickly. Uh, currently we have three homes in the group uh, in Hampshire and Dorset and just about to open a new home this year in Poole as well. So we've plans to open homes in the future across, across the South area.
1: And how about your background? Have you always been involved in care? Yeah, so
4: uh, originally I trained to be a social worker Spent some time doing that and realised that I missed actually working with people. Um, So yeah, I sort of stepped into the care, social care industry back in 2011 and have worked in various roles, including um, been a registered manager, um, but really sort of found my feet in learning and development, really. That's my passion.
1: Good, and that's very much what you're doing day to day within the group now. Um, What about this initiative, Mind the Gap? Where did that all come about?
4: Okay, so uh, I joined the organisation in October 2017, and at that point we had um, three homes. Our, Our third home had just opened, And we sort of stopped, had a bit of a sense check, really, to see what our staff felt they needed extra training in, where their gaps were. Um, And the common theme was that a lot of our staff felt they needed further development, further information around the area of dementia. Such a huge area. And they sort of felt that the training that they had had prior was good but they needed it to be developed to the next level.
1: And this particular uh, initiative that you've put together how how does it actually work how many sort of modules how much time does it need as well on behalf of the the staff?
4: So the Mind the Gap course is made up of four different modules Um, in total it's about 21 hours and that comes um, from the feedback that we had from the staff so we asked the questions we spoke to the staff at each home we also spoke to the relatives about what did they mean by dementia training because dementia training is huge. So what's what what were the common themes? And the common themes were uh, around communication, around how does it feel the lived the lived experience we call it. Um, it was around living life well and how to sort of engage in activities, well-being, social stimulation, and and also how to manage behaviours we may view as challenging. Um, so there, there there are four themes to the courses.
1: And that's how it's split up into each module. How's it gone down with the staff then?
4: So the feedback's been really good so far. Uh, we as an organisation want to drip-feed it through each home. It's really important that this is a whole home approach. So all of our staff are encouraged to attend this training, whether they be a kitchen assistant or a frontline care assistant it's really important that this is a whole home uh, approach so at the moment I think we've had about 15 um, staff across all three homes complete the full qualification but it's growing and the interest, it's a bit like, you know, there's the buzz is there now and people are putting their names down to the list and each session is full. Uh, and and really excitingly, we've managed to get some relatives uh, to join us on this training as well.
1: I was going to ask you about this. R- relatives getting involved is an interesting development. Are they learning side by side with members of staff or is it separate for, for relatives?
4: It's very much side by side. Uh, when we put this training programme together, we did quite a lot of research and we spoke to the family members who like I said they 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 needed some more information too Uh, one of the family members I remember speaking to said he described it like a a bit of a black hole he got given a diagnosis for his mum and then didn't know what happens next uh, didn't really get anything apart from an a4 piece of paper from his GP and sort of mum then had to move into a care home later on down the line, but still didn't really know enough about dementia and what you know what mum was doing and why she was doing it. So we toyed with the idea of doing separate sessions. Um, there's definitely some things that we have to consider when you have staff and relatives together, but the feedback has been that the staff actually learn a lot more from the relatives than the trainer.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you must feel very big about that, yes.
4: Yeah. And the relatives, you can see themselves really, they start off quite nervous about being in a learning environment, but, you know, it's quite a relaxed, friendly, open learning environment where we encourage people to be honest. And you see light bulb moments for the staff where staff go, oh, OK, you know, we didn't realise that's how it came across. But you also see light bulb moments from the relatives where they think, wow, I've never, I've never seen it from that perspective. So one of our values as a company is about being part of the family. And that's why we encourage our, our relatives to be part of that family and join us on this sort of training.
1: And presumably then one is learning off another is very much a two-way uh, expression of of knowledge and information
4: yeah yeah definitely um like i said the the one of the family members is is even shown an interest to maybe do some of the training for us in the future and deliver some of the training for us, especially around one of our modules around um the lived experience, really getting to understand what it's like to have that diagnosis to to hear what families go through and I suppose from a care home perspective knowing how and the story before they arrived at the care home and the pressures and the stresses that that happened and you know it's really for me that's been one of the biggest sort of successes
1: and how do you see this developing then because it's still fairly new as you say not all the staff have been through it yet how is this going to develop in the future
4: so we've just published our uh, our learning calendar for for the group for the next uh, sort of six to nine months we've put on more training dates to try and encourage more people to get through quicker but how we see it developing is we want it to we want all of our staff to do the qualification. And then we don't want learning to stop just then. Once they've done the qualification, we want them to continue to learn. And we're even looking at the people that have finished the qualification, what happens next. Maybe they go off and do more specific dementia training, maybe some sort of qualification. We are also toying with the idea about looking to get in the course accredited, looking to see if we can link up with some universities or some, some sort of uh, higher education services to sort of give it the kudos we think it deserves, really.
1: And of course, universities are very much interested in working with people like yourselves, I would imagine.
4: Yes, uh, obviously, two of our homes are in the Bournemouth and Poole area, um, very close to Bournemouth University. We'll be looking to sort of uh, create some links there. They've got an institute for dementia care there as well. So, yeah, it, the future's
1: bright. And would you perhaps take this further outside Encore? Could you actually make this a bit of a money raiser for Encore by uh, offering it to other people? I think we would
4: definitely look at that in the future, yeah. It's, it's something which, like I said, in, in all the training we do, we're we, we very clear and say there are no right or wrongs. There's lots of different theories around dementia. This is the approach that we've decided to take, and the courses were written in line with a company called the Dementia Training Company, timothy morgan and sarah mould who are both very sort of acclaimed writers in the dementia industry so yes we would we would like to open the doors up to the wider public in the future um sort of reduce that stigma around care homes encourage people to come and see us come and learn and also to like like i said to reduce that stigma around dementia because a lot of our family members have said they were just so scared
2: follow us on twitter at carehomemanage That's at Care Home Manage.
0: Thank you for listening to the fourth uh, Care Home Management magazine podcast uh, sponsored by myaco.com learning and employee engagement uh, made easy two great interviews there so thank you for listening to that and uh, alan it's great to see the podcast uh, grow and grow with uh, uh, listener numbers they're uh, going going crazy
1: they have uh, the listenership keeps going up which is great i look forward to the next one where i'll be sitting rather closer to you than i am now
0: <laughs> yes alan it'd be good to have you back in blighty and uh, listeners please don't forget to share the podcast with uh, people working at your care home or if you're a supplier Uh, please listen and if you want to advertise or become one of our sponsors then uh, please get in touch at info at chmonline.co.uk so once again thank you Elsa thank you Alan and we will speak to you again very soon